Hi, my name is Leo Fernandez, and you listen to the First Team Podcast. With your host, John Frashante. Hello, Cosmos Country, and welcome to tonight's show. We are going to talk to uh, Marco Dionforio from Stereo, Serie Radio. We are going to talk to him about the Italian Serie the managers that are currently leaving the Serie who are going to replace them, r- r- rumors about the transfer window, transfer rumors, and all the hot stuff happening in the Italian First Division Serie also, we talk about the UEFA Champions League final against Juve and Barca. Also, we talk to a fellow New York Cosmos supporter. He went to Cuba with the New York Cosmos, and we talk to him about his experience. And it's a great experience that we want to play for you right now. It is a wonderful, wonderful experience that he talks about. As everyone knows, Cuba is a baseball a baseball country. And for them to have soccer being played there, the Cosmos coming, and relations opening up with the United States, it's huge for Cuba, and it's huge for the sport that we love, which is soccer. So they went crazy for the Cosmos because as this Cosmos... As the person we talked to, the fellow New York Cosmos supporter, he talks about how, and if you watch the broadcast on One World Sports, they talk about how people in Cuba, football fans in Cuba, are either Barcelona supporters or Real Madrid supporters. And that's huge because the Cosmos have Raul with a ex-Real Madrid player. And him going to Cuba, they are Real Madrid supporters. So that's huge having a former Real Madrid player going to Cuba and there's Real Madrid supporters there. So that's great for Cuba and that's great for the Cosmos uh, with this trip. So we talked to him earlier today and we're going to play that for you uh, right now. So hopefully you guys enjoy this bit uh, and we're going to discuss more about the trip and more about what... He discusses, and we're going to break it down a bit more in depth. So here is uh, our conversation earlier today. This call is being recorded. 
We're here with Marco Dion Forio from Stereo Steady Out Radio. How are you today, Marco? I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. So Napoli lost against Lazio on the last In the meantime, while we try to find it, we do apologize. We have, are having some difficulties here. But in the meantime, while we find the interview. Doing well. So, for all of our listeners out there, Gennady just came back from the came back from Cuba with the New York Cosmos, uh, and he experienced Cuba for the first time. How was the trip like? Can you take us through like when you first got on the plane and what were you expecting uh, from Cuba? Well, basically, when we got on the plane on Sunday, we were a little bit delayed, so we kind of just needed to wait for the rain to stop. And then we were notified that uh, Carmelo Anthony is going to go on the trip, so we had to wait for him. Uh, basically, we flew into Cuba. The trip, you know, the plane ride over there was definitely, you know, very good. You know, no turbulence or anything like that. Um, as soon as we got out at the airport, I mean, just a whole bunch of paparazzi. Um, just started filming and going after Raul and Pele while the other team just kind of like, you know, walked around because I guess, you know, the Cuban people didn't know uh, too much about the other team. They were expecting more of Pele and uh, Raul. Um, and then just, uh, you know, getting out of the airport and, you know, the paparazzi on us, we have to go through customs. I mean, they were with us at customs, so like just too much, you know. Then we got onto the bus. And we basically, they drove us to the hotel. We get to the hotel and there's another round of uh, paparazzi that we have to go through. And the same deal, Raul comes out, everyone bought him. Palais comes out, they've been bought him. Um, but just, you know, going on the trip, I mean, I really wasn't expecting us to be like with the players. I thought we were kind of going to be separate from the players. Like, you know, the players come in and the fans that went on the trip come in. But they basically had us all together. So wherever the players went, we basically went as well. So just amazing, just an absolute amazing. I mean, you know, just felt definitely felt like you were, you know, part of the Cosmos organization going on the trip and representing the Cosmos. Can you talk more about on the ground in Cuba, uh, sort of like the atmosphere, the uh, the attention for the match? Well, basically, we, we took a tour around uh, Havana, just, you know, going around, just seeing how, how the people are, you know, experiencing the culture. And the uh, local people that we spoke to there weren't too familiar with soccer because they're big on baseball. But they were aware of the match that was going to be occurring on Tuesday. So they definitely were aware that the Cuban national team was going to play the Cosmos. Um, but they were aware of who Pelé was, and they were aware of Raul. So, I mean, even when we went to the match, 
we, all the signs were primarily, you know, towards uh, Raul and Pelé. Um, but the local people were definitely welcoming. I mean, they were definitely, you know, expecting more in terms of the country to be, you know, very a popular soccer nation pretty soon. And basically, a lot of them said, you know, if the Cuban national team, you know, makes it to the World Cup one year, they definitely will follow soccer more and follow everything. Um, but whatever soccer fans that we did find on the streets, majority of them were uh, Barcelona or Real Madrid fans because they do follow Spanish soccer there if they are soccer fans, um, as well as um, Brian Munich from Germany. But they weren't really too aware of the MLS or even the English Premier League, surprisingly. You know, it was just basically Spanish soccer and German soccer they were aware of if they were followers of soccer. Can you talk about the atmosphere in the stadium uh, during the match? Well, when we, when we got into the stadium, we were basically escorted by the Cuban police. So they escorted us throughout the whole stadium. They put us in a section all the way down uh, on the uh, where the stadium was. Um, but the atmosphere there, I mean, all the Cuban people, as soon as you walked in, they were, you know, they had American flags. They were yelling, we love America. You know, welcome to our country. Um, we took a whole bunch of pictures with them. We gave out uh, Cosmos t-shirts, Cosmos hats, uh, pens, you know, anything that we could give out. And in exchange, the people would give us uh, Cuban flags to take home with us. So it's like an exchange. So, uh, you know, we just gave them out anything, you know, that they wanted. I mean, they wanted our hats because we got special hats and a special t-shirt. So they definitely wanted that as like a souvenir. But the people were just so nice, um, you know, I was very surprised. I mean, going on the trip, I wasn't sure whether they'll be too welcoming towards U.S. Uh, people, but they definitely were. They definitely were. They were very happy. A lot of them even said it's their dream to come to New York. It's their dream to come to Miami or Los Angeles. Um, but, you know, they just can't wait. They just can't wait if the door is open and more U.S. Uh, people are going to come to their country. They'll, they'll definitely welcome it. So that was definitely like a big surprise. And during the match, actually, you know, whenever when Cuba finally scored their goal, we just celebrated with them. We wanted them. We wanted to see them celebrate their goal. Um, and then anytime the Cosmos scored, they cheered with us and, you know, would say, you know, congratulations to us. And then after the match, they just did not want to leave. I mean, the match was done and the police would tell them, go home. And they just did not want to leave. They wanted to talk to us a little bit more. They wanted to see if they could get Raul's autograph or Raul's picture. So, I mean, they definitely, you know, they definitely welcomed the game. And a lot of them I could see, we basically, the Cosmos did turn them into soccer fans because there was a lot of baseball. It was primarily like a baseball crowd that was there. But after this, I think they'll definitely be, you know, searching for how the Cosmos are doing and more about soccer. What were your thoughts on the action on the pitch the action was the action was very good i mean uh you know there was not much of rough play or anything like that i mean it was definitely like uh, a game you know like a safe game the only thing was the conditions were really really bad so it was very wet and just you know the players that i spoke to after the game they said it was very hard to play on that grass i mean it was probably like one of the worst grasses they've played in Besides, you know, if they played anywhere amateurly, you know, in like, uh, you know, Queens or the Meadowlands or whatever it is. But uh, 
you know, the action itself was definitely very good. Definitely very good. I mean, I asked them, I said, were the Cuban players rough and stuff? And they were like, you know, not really. I mean, we definitely, they were definitely nice. I mean, if we fell, they would help us out, help us up. Um, but, I mean, we kind of were scared, though, because uh, Diaz went down and we just kind of all got scared as, as fans. We were like, oh, my God, you know, Diaz is down. But hopefully, but thankfully he was all right. We saw him at the hotel later that night, and you know, no big injuries. Leo Fernandez was fine. Uh, Gorski went down as well. He was fine. So thankfully, no big, you know, huge injuries came out of this. So when you heard that Camilo Anthony was uh, gonna be on the fight to Cuba, what were your thoughts on that? Well, basically, you know, when we heard that Carmelo was coming, we definitely knew it was going to be something of a project that he wants to affiliate himself with. And basically, the people that I spoke with basically confirmed that he is working on uh, potentially working with the NASL on uh, forming a Puerto Rican team and maybe reviving the Puerto Rican Islanders. So, I mean, we definitely knew he was coming on the trip, just not like as a business deal, not just personally. Um, and basically, you know, we had a chance to, uh, catch up with him at the cigar room where he was pretty much the whole time. And, you know, we kind of spoke to him about that. And he basically said, yes, I am interested in soccer and I am interested in being an, a part owner or a part of an ownership group for a soccer team in the NASL. Thank you for coming on. No problem. So a lot of things to take from his experience is that in Cuba, most of the people that like soccer, that play soccer in that country are mostly the young people. And that's great for the sport to, to develop in that country, for those players to one day uh, play for their national team. For the Cuban national team. And hopefully one day they qualify. For the World Cup. That would be huge for that country. It would be huge. Because. A country that. Had communism. And. Was not. Playing quality soccer is now playing decent soccer. They competed against the Cosmos. Their defense wasn't that great, but they still stuck in there. They still never gave up the Cuban national team against the Cosmos. And that showed how much fight they had. Also, he talked about, and we are going to get to this later on in the show, but how Carmelo Anthony was on the trip, how he wants to invest in a NASL club, wants to revive, reportedly, the Puerto Rico Islanders, which is huge for the league. And he said that he is interested in soccer and being a part owner or an owner of a NASL club. But before we get to that, I just want to talk about what happened in the match because... David Ayosa 
went down like really hard. And that was not a good sign to see. But he got up uh, and he was all right after the match. So that's a great sign. Leo Fernandez went down as well. So Leo Fernandez is a key player in the Cosmos starting 11. A key player during this spring season. And if, if he gets hurt, if he can't play for the remainder of the season, that's a huge blow for the New York Cosmos. And people were bashing uh, the Cosmos on Twitter, bashing them and saying, why are they playing a friendly during their bye week? They're in the middle of their season. Why are they playing a friendly? It's because they want to stay fit. Even though it's a friendly, they don't want to be like the other clubs and just train and take a couple days off. They wanted to stay match fit. And, that, and, and that's what they did. They played a match in Cuba. And now they have some days off. And then they have training. Until their match next week against the Jacksonville Armada. And to those people that bash the Cosmos. Why are you playing a friendly? People are going to get hurt. They were trying to uh, stay in form. Stay match fit. Also, Marco Asena did not play, but he did travel with the team to Cuba. Everyone on the first team did. But Marco Asena did not play, and he is recovering from his injury, which he did not start against Minnesota United, the Cosmos' last spring season roadie game. He did not start there and did not start against Cuba. So hopefully... He is fit to play against the Jacksonville Armada, but he is not like he's needed in the midfield. But if he's not 100%, especially against the Jacksonville Armada, he should not play. It's the last spring season game. Let him recover. During the break from the spring season to the fall season, let them recover in that break. And you can put a different player in the midfield. There's tons of players you can put in Andres Flores or there's a lot of players that you can transition to the midfield. So they have depth. You can put Adam Moffitt in there again. He's a defensive midfielder, so he brings a different approach to uh, the starting 11. But again, different approach, different mindset. Uh, and it's going to be tough because it's a bye week. I know the Cosmos supporters out there, uh, they love watching their team play on the road. Uh, they like being there at the stadium, watching their team play in front of them. But this weekend is a bye week. And the Cosmos have a chance to clinch the spring season without them actually playing this weekend. But they need the other results to go their way. And those other results uh, or those other matches is Minnesota United. 
Minnesota United is playing the Carolina Redhawks. And again, that's going to be a, a difficult, difficult match. Minnesota United dominated against the New York Cosmos last week. And if United does it again against the Carolina Redhawks, they have a great chance of picking up the three points. But if you're a Cosmos supporter, you did not want United to win. If United wins, they have 16 points. They currently sit in third place. The Tampa Rowdies are playing FC Edmonton. And the Rowdies are in fourth place with 13 points with a victory for the Rowdies. They will have 16 points. So a very tough, uh, a very tough f fixtures this weekend. But those are the matches that are important for the Cosmos. Those are the matches where the teams are very close to the Cosmos in the league table. The other matches are the Silverbacks against the San Antonio Scorpions. Fort Lauderdale against Indy 11. And Jacksonville Armada against the Albert Fury. All quality matches throughout the league. Very exciting matches. And when there's a bye week, even though our boys in green are not playing, it's always cool to see the other guys play. It's always cool to see another match besides the Cosmos. And you guys might not like that. You guys only like the Cosmos. But... It's cool to see other teams play that you may not see on a regular night since your Cosmos are playing that night. So, again, it is going to be an exciting weekend of NASL soccer. Moving on to Camilla Anthony. And uh, if you have any questions throughout the discussion, you can tweet us at one team pod using the hashtag AskTheFirstTeam. Or you can leave a question, comment, anything. Uh, that we're discussing that you would like to comment on on our Mixer Live page below. So uh, we're going to talk about Camille Anthony, and then later on we're going to talk about FIFA and Sepp Blatter. We're going to talk to um, to Marco Dionforio from Stereo Sea Radio about Serie A and everything that's going on in the in the Italian First Division. Also, we are going to play for you our weekly segment with Jim Marnier. Into the zone with Jim. We have that for you towards the end of the show. And we're going to talk about FIFA. How corrupt are they? Uh, that's the question for you. Uh, they are really corrupt. And there was big news coming out this week. That Sepp Blatter resigned. And is going to step down. So we're going to talk about that. And what that means for FIFA. Uh, moving forward. So Camilla Anthony. Potentially owning a team. He said that he talked uh, to the NASL, talked to the people at the North American Soccer League. And reviving the Puerto Rico Islanders is probably his main goal. If he does, because the Puerto Rico Islanders used to be in existence in the NASL. 
for a couple of seasons. But they just couldn't do it anymore. They they couldn't operate. But hopefully Carmelo Anthony forms a ownership group because when you form an ownership group, it's usually very strong. You can see with Miami FC that Maldini and Silva. So they have two different approaches. Silva has a media aspect. He works for a media company and he's going to di distribute all the matches throughout the world. And that's huge for Miami FC and for the NASL. And Maldini just has his name being a pro soccer player with M Milan uh, and just a popular defender. But with Carl Anthony, he has the money, has the popularity, and wants to resurrect, wants to revive the Puerto Rico Islanders. That's huge for for the league because Carmelo Anthony is looking to come into your league, is lo looking into investing in your league. And for people out there saying that the NASL is D2, is Division 2. If the NASL is really Division 2, is really the minor league soccer, is really second division, why are they attracting big, big owners? Big owners. From Maldini and Silva to uh, Camille Anthony. Why are they attracting these people? Because the NASL has a strategy, has a plan that they like. It's not closed doors. It's not a sort of corrupt, sort of like MLS. It's freedom. And that's what the NASL provides. Freedom. That each club can do whatever they want. They can spend as much as they want. They can operate as they see fit. And that's why the NASL are attracting these ownership groups. They probably look at MLS and see that's not what we want to be a part of. That's not what we want to invest in. That's not where we see our club growing in. In that league, which is MLS. And that's why they go to the NASL. A growing league. And they want to grow with it. Which is great to see as well. And if Carmelo Anthony does announce. Uh, that he is going to revive the Puerto Rico Islanders. With the NASL as well. And as I said earlier. It's going to be huge for the league. Huge to have a club in Puerto Rico. Once again. And expansion, that's what we talk about every week is expansion. Because there's so many news about expansion. From the Puerto Rico Islanders with Carmelo Anthony, to Hartford City, to Canada. There's some news coming out today that Hartford City could have a pro NASL soccer club. Really Really soon. And if you are in Connecticut right now. Listening to this show. You have to be excited.
it's not official, just rumors and reports right now, but eventually it is going to be announced by Bill Peterson that the NASL are going to reward Hartford City a NASL club. And as a New York Cosmos supporter, that's huge. It's it's huge for the league, but it's huge as a Cosmos supporter. And you might ask, why is that huge for a Cosmos supporter? You support the Cosmos. The, re- the reason it's a big deal is because the Cosmos finally have a closer opponent. Other teams have opponents that are really close. That they take bus rides. That they can have away days to watch their guys play away. And with the Cosmos, you can't do that. It's really far, and you have to invest a lot of money. And for a supporter group, it's really difficult. People work. People are very busy. And for us to have a close opponent with Connecticut and Hartford City, it's going to be a very exciting time in the future to travel to those matches to see how boys in green play in Connecticut. And for the for the NASL to grow, the league has to have derbies. The league has to have close rivalries. The league has to have teams close to each other so supporters could travel to and support their guys playing. That's what the NASL has to do to succeed. To try to compete with MLS. And they are competing with MLS. They are competing with MLS. Uh, and it's hard to because MLS has a big TV deal. Has everything big. And big which is major league. And I'm saying major league with not the quality on the field. I'm saying major league MLS with... Uh, off the pitch, with their TV deals, with the media, and who talks about MLS, and everywhere you go, and people talk about American soccer, they're referring to MLS. They're not referring to the NASL. They're not. They're not referring to the Cosmos. They're referring to MLS, and that, and then it has to change, and it's go, it's going to change over time. Mo- moving forward. Uh, we are going to play the clip with Marco Dionforio from Stereo Serie Radio. But before we get to that, if you have any questions, comments on what we are talking about right now, tweet us at one team pod using the hashtag Ask the First Team. Or you can leave the questions or comments in our Mixer Live page. And we will get to that later on in the show. We are going to get to FIFA and the corrupt... Uh, organization that they are later on and we're going to get to into the zone with Jim Marnier. So here is our clip with Marco Dionforio from Stereo Stereo Seiya Radio. Marco Dionforio from Stereo Seiya Radio. How are you today, Marco? 
I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks. So Napoli lost against Lazio on the last week of the season. And that loss meant that they did not get into the Champions League, but they got into the, the Europa League for next season. What does that mean for Napoli going forward? Oh, well, there's going to be a lot of questions around the club coming into this offseason, and it's going to be direction the club goes to um a lot of rumors circulating who's going to take the helm and i think that's the first question that needs to be answered is who's going to be the new coach of this club moving forward and um and from there it's going to be interesting to see what their direction is we we already know mihalovic uh, is going to go to milan and he was a target and uh, but i don't think napoli really wanted him to be honest because i think he would have went if they did uh we know they wanted emery from sevilla and he just didn't want to leave a club that wasn't going to be in the champions league and as you alluded to that loss to lazio it really hurt the club because one it affects transfers in regards to almost 40 million euros maybe even 50 million if you make that group stage so that's a big difference and two the coach uh you're you're not going to attract the likes of the emery's or the clops or the big names without being in the champions league and not making the, the champions league hurt this team and that's why that loss to lazio was so crucial but um truth be told they they didn't look like a champions league team this year there are so many names uh circulating their rumor mill for the manager that's gonna take the helm of napoli but who do you think that is gonna be the next coach um to be honest at this point i have no clue um, like you mentioned, there's a lot of names being linked to the team, and the likes of Mihalovic, who I thought for a long time probably would take over, um, that's not going to be the case anymore. As he looks set to take over at Milan, so, um, and Emery, we know, said no to Napoli. So it'll be interesting. I would not be surprised, though, if if, if the likes of a Cesare Prandelli or even maybe a Vincenzo Montelli is from Napoli. So I wouldn't be surprised to see that. And um, it looks like him and Fiorentina are becoming more and more distant as well. So... Uh, it'll be interesting, but I, at this point, I couldn't give you a name because there's so many being linked around. With Rafa Benitez leaving Napoli to join Real Madrid, do you believe that Gonzalo Higuain is going to leave Napoli as well? Um, again, it's all going to depend on who that new coach is and what they've have for the, their, what their vision is for the future. But if you can get what you paid for him, and, and that is about 40 million euros, if you can get even more than that to sell him, then I think it might not be a bad idea. This team's got a lot of firepower up top, and strikers wasn't their issue. And I mean, Duvan Zapata, uh, he was brilliant when he did play this year, but he didn't see much action. And uh, his agent criticized Benitez, as did a lot of players so when he left. And Hamzik said he was disappointed that he didn't play more. So if you sell Higuaina and you buy some defenders, which this team desperately needs right now, I, I don't think it's a bad thing. And I think you are going to see a mass exodus. I think a lot of players are going to leave, and not just the Higuain. Um I mean, he, he may or may not leave, but I think you're going to see Albiol gone. I think you're going to see Britos gone. I think you're going to see a lot of the guys Benitez really did bring in leave. I mean, that wouldn't shock me, even if Calayon left. Maljevic is joining Milan. That is a big step for him. Uh, he coached Sampdoria this past season. What does he bring to AC Milan? 
Oh, well, right off the bat, he brings a no-nonsense attitude. Mihaljevic is a very disciplined coach, and he's a strong coach at that, and he demands nothing but the best from his side. And, and we saw that with Sampdoria today, this sorry, this season, who looked fantastic. So Mihaljevic, um, he's going to bring that sense of pride back to Milan, which they need. Um, they're going to need somebody who's going to not take any nonsense and, and a team and a guy who's really going to lead them. And that's what this club needs is a leader, um, both off the pitch and on the pitch, because they don't have that. And from there, we'll see who Mihaljevic decides to bring in in his vision. But uh, I think it's a good move for Milan. Talking about Milan, uh, Bolasconi sold a 42% stake of the club. Uh, what does that mean for the club? Uh, hopefully moving up to being one of the top teams in the world again. Yeah, it means money. Um, the team needs money, and whether uh, Mr. B is the right guy or not remains to be seen. A lot of people have speculated whether he had, the first off, the $1 billion that he had offered to buy the club all right, and um, whether he has the funds now. But regardless, I think you're going to see more of this because Italian, uh, the, the old way, these old Italian business moguls, it, it they can't survive today. I mean, they can't spend the money that um, the the big guys can. And we saw that over the last decade or so. And Milan, um, look where they were a decade ago. They were winning the Champions League, and, and they're not that. They're, just, they're not that anymore. And Berlusconi can't afford to keep them amongst the biggest in Europe anymore. And that's why you got to sell um, a big chunk of the team, and that's what he did. So hopefully that will also help build and finance the stadium. But we'll, we'll see what it means because going forward, Milan have a lot of issues both on and off the pitch, but this is one less distraction to worry about. And hopefully Mr. B can deliver like he said he will. And, I mean, we're, we're still seeing what happens with Inter and Thorier, but um, they're making some progress. And it's going to take a little while, but Serie A needs the Milan teams to be good again. So hopefully this is a step in the right direction. Polo Dybala, former Palermo striker, was sold to Juventus uh, for 32 million euros. Again, he brings a very, very uh, important attack to a Juventus forwards. Uh, it's a very crowded attacking. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens with this Juventus side following the Champions League because it remains to be seen who's going to be left standing. Um, I wouldn't be surprised in that. Uh, if Carlos Tevez did leave after the final, I know he doesn't want to say anything yet, but whether they win or especially if they win, I think a lot of guys are gone. But even if they don't, um, regardless, I think you're going to see the likes of Tevez leaving. Um, Pirlo, we, we know, has been linked to uh, New, uh, New York City FC, so we'll see what happens there. And, and I think you're going to see a few players leaving after the season. But Paulo Dybala brings youth, and he, he's a young striker, but... I'm I'm not 100% sold on him, to be honest with you, and, and I, he could prove me wrong, and I'm sure he probably will prove me wrong next year, but <laughs> he had a strong season this year, but it wasn't that long ago that he was playing in the second division in Argentina, so we really don't know too much about this guy yet, and yeah, he had a fantastic season this year, but last year he didn't do a whole lot, and he didn't look very special, and um, I think Franco Vasquez deserves just as much credit as Dybala does uh, for, for Palermo this season, so uh, and it's a steep price tag, but if it does work out and if he does become the player that Juventus are hoping he is, then it'll be a steal. But with that said, I'm not sure if he is the next quote-unquote Cavani or Messi that Zampodini keeps promising. There is a lot of talk if you rent those, are they going to sell Paul Pogba? What are your thoughts on that? Should they 
Yeah. Salpogba or not? Uh, yeah, and Mino Raiola came out today and said theoretically it could be um, Pogba's last game for Juventus, but I don't know. Um, I don't know. It all depends on what the player's thinking. And like I said, if they do win that Champions League, uh, it's it'll be fantastic for Juventus. It'll be the one of the biggest days in the franchise's history. But at the same time, um, it may also signal the end of an era because the likes of uh, Paul Pogba and Pirlo and the Tevez, I mean, really, what's there left to prove at Juventus? And, and I I wouldn't be surprised if Pogba looks for greener pastures and a bigger paycheck because. Um, if he goes and wins the trouble this year, how do you top that? You can't. And and like we saw with Inter when they did it back in 2010, all those guys eventually left, including Mourinho. So it'll be interesting, like I said, to see what happens after the final on Sunday. And I think the picture will be a lot clearer. But up until then, we're not going to hear. Uh, sorry, on Saturday. But up until then, we're not going to hear anything. Uh, we're not going to hear anything about Pogba's future because Juventus is rightfully focusing on the big game going on tomorrow. It's going to be a tough match tomorrow, the UEFA Champions League final, Juve against Barca. What are your predictions for the match? Um, a lot of people are are really writing off Juventus, and it's funny because on our show, Stereo said, yeah, uh, we, we've been talking that Juventus could be a, a finalist for, for a few weeks now, or a couple of months now, and the fact that they can switch that three and that back three and that back four so easily is a huge advantage for them, and, and something that Allegri really brought to the team this year, and something that uh, they really didn't have under Conte. The, the two systems and the fact that they they're so adaptable and can play against their opponents any way they want. It will be interesting to see against um, the the. the dangerous attack, if you will, of Neymar, Messi, and Suarez. So we'll see what happens. And, and Chiellini being out, it's a big loss for Juventus. But I, I think that Bianco Nandi can pull it off. Um, I'm going to call a 2-1 Juventus win, but I can also see it being very ugly. If, if Barcelona score first and early, I could see it being a lot like that. Spain-Italy final of Euro 2012 where Spain ran them 4 nothing, And if, like I said, Barca score early, this game will get out of hand, I think. But if Juventus play the way I know they can play and the way they've played throughout the season, I would not be surprised if they do pull off a 2-1 victory. And at the same stadium, by the way, that Pirlo and uh, Buffon won the World Cup in 06. Thank you, Marco, for coming on. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. So tomorrow, you can catch the UEFA Champions League final, Juventus against Barcelona. Everyone is riding off Juventus. But for what reason? Juventus have a very talented squad, and that's why they made it to the UEFA Champions League. Juventus have the likes of Carlos Tevez, Paul Pogba, Andre Pirlo, who was linked to NYCFC, as you heard from Marco Dionforio. Buffon, talented players that... Against Barcelona, who have like a lot of great players with Luis Suarez, Lionel Messi, the most popular player in the world, Neymar, you name them, they have the best players. But it is going to be a very tough match. It, it's going to be close. You can't write off one team. Anything can happen, and it is the UEFA Champions League final, and you can catch that tomorrow afternoon.
We're moving on to the FIFA uh, Congress, the FIFA presidency. Let's start from the beginning because in the beginning, they held a revote when the investigation and when the arrests were taking place. So FIFA held a revote for a re-election for the president for FIFA. And Sepp Blatter was running for his fifth term against other opponents. The United States Federation came out and said that they did not vote for Sepp Blatter. But Sepp Blatter did win his fifth term. A couple days later, he came out and said that he is going to resign. He is going to step down. And another re-election is going to take place. But I don't think that is going to take place anytime soon. Probably a couple of months, maybe a year. We have to see when that's going to take place. But the the details of why Sepp Blatter is resigning is because something is going on. FIFA is so corrupt that Sepp Blatter is stepping down because he does not want to get in trouble. He saw something come out. He saw some news saying that FIFA gave $10 million to a federation. News coming out that there was bribery for World Cups, especially the one in Germany. So these things coming out probably raised a, a red flag in Sepp's um, head and said, I need to resign. Uh, I'm not liked. We need to change this for this beautiful game, for the fans, for the supporters out there uh, that want to see a bright future for, for the sport worldwide. And hopefully that's how he's thinking about his resignation of FIFA president. If he's just doing this uh, to not get arrested, to not get in trouble, to, to not get investigated... That's not the reason why he should resign. He should resign for the better reasons to fix FIFA for for the game, for the future, to have a bright future as a whole. Uh, so we are going to play Into the Zone with Jim Marnier. But before we get to that, uh, I just wanted to thank Marco D'Amforio for coming on and thank... Jim Marnier for doing the segment once again. But before we get to that, if you have any questions at one team pod using the hashtag ask the first team, and you can leave a question or a comment below on our Mixler live page. So we are going to get to the weekly segment, which is always entertaining. It's always interesting to listen to. And here is Into the Zone with Jim Marnier. It's time to enter the zone with Jim Mernier. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this week's edition of Into the Zone. I'm Jim Mernier. Wow. Can we just say it? Can we just say it? The fever has imploded on itself. And it's amazing. And it's very exciting. Because 
we can finally see a change in leadership, a change into the right direction. FIFA has been corrupt from day one, with Seth Blatter and all of his secretaries and consultants and associates throughout the world bargaining, getting money, and distributing rights to different TV organizations. And finally, it came down to the Swiss and the United States Justice Department to crack down. Many people want to know why the United States is the lead of this. Well, because they found out that some of this money went through some of our banks here in the country. And by law of the United States Constitution, if there's any type of bribery or mishandling of money that is considered illegal and jurisdiction of the United States of America and companies that are stationed in the United States of America, the United States Justice Department is in right to go investigate what is happening. And what they did is they found corruption from CONCACAF down in Miami to big leaders throughout the world that controlled the game that we love of football. But the one thing that you got to look at this this way, it's, you know, a bright side, a very bright thing to look forward to. Our leagues throughout the world are going to finally have good leadership. It's going to take a while before FIBA can get itself together. It's going to take a while before we see an actual new organization, a new push to the future of this league. FIBA is the most dominant league, federation, conference, whatever you want to call it. They're the largest governing body of football in the world. And they're finally getting a new leader in a new direction for the program. But one thing that you got to look at this from a perspective of a fan, how will it relate or how will it affect us? Well, we could see a new direction of two World Cups. A World Cup that was what many or millions and millions of fans out there believe was bribed on, and that is the Qatar World Cup. And what many other fans also believe that was also bribed on is the 2018 Russian World Cup. But the one thing that everyone wants to know is the U.S. Justice Department the beginning of more cleaning house of FIVA? Well, yes. I think they're not done. I think they're going to find that there was a lot of money bribed towards Russia for them to get the World Cup. I think they're going to get to find money that was bribed to Qatar for, for them to get the World Cup. FIBA has been corrupt. We know that. We know that as a fact. But what FIBA has done to billions of fans throughout the world that's ripped them off of their own hard-earned money. And one thing that myself, and I guarantee you the fans out there, want to really know, will we get any reimbursement? We might well have. We might... Excuse me about that. We might have. And... We might get that in, go figure, a World Cup here in the United States. I know it seems kind of reckless that we may, may not get it, but there's a great chance that we will. And it's a great chance that it's possible. But the one thing i got to understand is this. The Russians will complain. The Prince and Qatar will complain. 
But if you felt like you were screwed, as millions of fans throughout the world think they were screwed, and finally the strongest Justice Department in the world finally had enough information to attack and go after this corrupt organization known as FIVA, and they can finally bring it to justice. This is big for the United States because the United States have now become a major role in the world's landscape of football. I don't know many people out there want to go, well, that's not the right way to do it. You want the United States team to do, you know, get into it. You want the you know, national team to make its wins. You want some of our MLS clubs or NASL clubs to make big impacts in the world landscape. But the one thing that is stand clear above it all, the United States is here. And for this organization and for the game itself to survive, we need a promising leader. And the United States Justice Department did just that. They're getting rid of all the corruption, and they're going to fix it once and for all. And there's other things that's happening. There's reports that Canada wants to break away from FIVA. There's other reports of other federations doing that same thing to form their own. There's rumors that the United States Soccer Federation will join Canada and join UEFA. Can you see a European and a continental United States, continental America, big unification federation? We may actually get to see it by the rumors and all the talks we have, I've been hearing. But it's still early in the stage, and it's still early in the pre-investigations of this. But I tell you this, ladies and gentlemen, it's not over. We're far from over. It's far from done. And I know there's bad weather where I'm at. You may hear the thunder in the background. I have no power in my house, but I still have Wi-Fi on my computer. But until then, ladies and gentlemen, I see you next week. And let's get ready to see if we could claim ourselves leaders of football here in the United States. Major props to the United States Justice Department and the Swiss Justice Department on cracking down on FIVA. We have finally gotten our prayers answered. I'm Jim Renier. See you next week. And Jim is battling against the the bad weather. No electricity, no power, but he thankfully has Wi-Fi to get that segment done, to get that segment uh, to our wonderful listeners and to hear his thoughts about FIFA. It's crazy. Could they form their own federation with UEFA, with Canada? Could that happen? We're going to talk about that and more about those reports coming up on next week's show. But we're going to close up the show right now. Hopefully you guys uh, enjoyed tonight's show and enjoyed tonight's talk. But it's a bye week, so we talked a bit more about international soccer, about big news with FIFA. Next week, we're going to talk about Jacksonville Armada and what to look out for them. It's going to be a tough match. Cosmos are trying to clinch the spring championship trying to win that also it is the last spring season match the, and the the last home game of the spring season the new york cosmos could clinch could win the spring season this weekend 
based on other results from other matches throughout the league. So follow that. Watch the score lines uh, throughout the other matches this weekend. If you have any questions, any last questions, you can use the hashtag Ask the First Team on Twitter at One Team Pod, or you can leave a question or comment on our Mixer Live page right now before we close out the show. On Sunday at 2 p.m., we're going to have a uh, post game discussion, a Google, a live Google Hangout, which you can tune into. We're going to break down the match against Jacksonville Armada, but you can catch that not this Sunday, but the following Sunday at 2 p.m. And we're going to break down the match and the final home match and the final match of the spring season. And you can, can catch that live on our Google Hangout on YouTube live. So tune in for that. And we will tweet at a live link next week. So hopefully you guys enjoyed tonight's show. Have any questions about the discussion? Thanks to Marco for coming on. And you can follow the Cosmo support that I talked about. His experience talked about his experience in Cuba with the New York Cosmos and his journey in Cuba, which is very, very cool to listen to. You can follow him on Twitter at Arius, A R I E S Boy 897, at Arius, A R I E S Boy 897. So give him a follow. He has some great pictures, some great commentary on the ship to Cuba, has some great pictures. On his Twitter page, so go give him a follow. Uh, and he's a fellow New York Cosmos supporter, so he's not gonna let you down. He is supporting the boys in green. So that's what Cosmos, as always, and hopefully the results go the Cosmos way, and we clinch the spring this week. And instead of next week with a do or die situation, we you gotta win uh, to win the spring. So. Hopefully, things fall this weekend and not next weekend. So, my name is John Rashanti. Tuning out, you can follow me on Twitter at one team underscore John. You can follow the podcast at one team pod on Twitter. Follow the podcast on Facebook at the first team podcast on Instagram at one team podcast on Google Plus as well. And subscribe to our YouTube channel. As well, where we have all our Google Hangouts, which you can tune into on demand or live in the future on Sundays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time following the New York Cosmos match. So, my name is John Frashante, tweeting out. You can listen to the show on the go on iTunes, on Stitcher Radio, on the go. So, uh, thank you guys for tonight and have a great night. And as always, let's go, Cosmos. To the two, to the three, to the four Can you ripping this, flipping this, I don't gotta parkour Steady, ready, tripping, definitely heavily gifted So mentally fit, kid, potentially lifted
physically it's meant to be Typically expect to see What do you expect from me? Haters are a friend of me Now you push free from me Never be an enemy Not my fault you lost And don't realize that you envy me The rhythm get them, kill them Got them wishing like damn Spit them, drill them, throw them With these lyrics going ham Feel them, feel them, just chilling This is my jam When I'm grilling, I'm making a million Yes, I am Ginger Jimmy, I can motherfucker Yeah, I'm back I haven't been gone for too long Man, relax This track's a rap in both terms You get that? And I hope you know I'm untouchable Like a present quarterback And I hope you know I 